Welcome to Owen and Brew's Barbecue. Today we are serving up the very best in Caladan cutlets. My name is Matt, and I am joined by a slew of the very best in Corvus Comfort Foods. Nick, uh, we have Nick tonight, Chris, and Jay, the alleged owner of Owen and Brews. Welcome, welcome everyone. Thanks. Thank you. Is that an inside joke that I don't know of? No, we've talked about it before, you know? Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, it goes back a ways, you know? That's true. Only I listen to the old episodes. (laughs) Excited to be here. What an episode. I I couldn't let Jay show up for an episode and then not be here for it. So, well, we were. uh, Matt was talking, Chris, that uh, you've been on a total of six Owen and Brews episodes. I think I might have been on more than you. Is that right? Six, a total of six. That's it. (laughs) You're a you're a lion sack of. Hey, you remembered. You remembered this. this It's a PG. Uh, Sorry. We try to keep it as close to possible. So, um, so my my claim to fame is I I just name, I just name stuff. I don't know. (laughs) You you drink and you, I I set the fire and walk away. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of like Ringo, you know, it's like hard day. He comes up with the titles, but really it's, it's, you know, you, you, know. you practically designed the whole podcast and the whole like chef counter. You told us where to put the refrigerator, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, which if we were going to use gas or charcoal, you know, like you, you set it all up. So there you go. Um, so just spoilers ahead. If you have not seen chapter 13, why haven't what's you? the matter with you? Yeah. Of the Mandalorian season. You're doing two, it wrong. Right? Like if, if you if you decide to take your time to listen to us and not watch <laughs> the episode, you got something wrong. So, so big spoilers ahead, I guess. Uh, and, and the biggest spoiler, I guess, or the biggest, you know, thing that's been under the hat for so long is Grogu, right? Wouldn't you say? Grogu. Grogu. I, right. I don't, I don't like it. It's, would you have liked anything? You know, I probably would have, but like in a world of Anakin's, you know, or Skywalker's or Obi-Wan's and things like that, like, you know, can you ever hear someone say, Master Grogu. No. Yeah. No. No. It's not like it's not like Master Skywalker or, or Master Tano or it's like no. It's, it's, it's Grogu. It just sounds weird. It sounds like you know, like you know, like uh, what's the what's the the marinara sauce? You know. Oh, ragu ragu. ragu. It sounds like ragu. ragu. Like Master Ragu. Like hey, hey, how you doing? Like yeah, we're gonna make you some nice spaghetti. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> Here's the problem: is ragu is not Italian. It's like the furthest thing from Italian. Uh, true, true. I I kind of dig it. I mean, Yaddle Yaddle's a weird weird name. So like, mm-hmm. that's why she was only in that one scene. And they, they wrote her out of the. <laughs> I mean, even Ahsoka didn't remember. Is like this is the only one I've ever seen. And Yaddle's like, what the hell? <laughs> um, no, no, Yaddle wasn't there after um, the okay. Phantom Menace. So yeah. my problem with that is because okay. sure we didn't see Ahsoka tell the Clone Wars, but she was in the temple for like ten years. Yeah, she was so there. They they had to cross paths at some point, or maybe you know she never. Maybe, maybe Yaddle was pregnant. I mean, was like, she, she voted us out. She was like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta step back because uh, people are gonna start connecting the dots here that Yoda and I. Hooked up. <laughs> I mean, it kind of, it has to be right. They, like, they bumped. They totally bumped. Right. No question. Yaddle and Yoda. It's it's it, the fact that we've confirmed that Grogu was in the Jedi Temple. Mm-hmm. Ages yeah. Anakin. I mean, same age as Anakin. Yeah. Yeah. So 
I, I imagine that they're similar to the frog people. Yaddle probably dropped some eggs. Yoda stepped by and was divided. Like, oh, what is this? And just kind of accidentally like sprayed them. And then boom, that's how we got Grogu. Well, it's it's the old uh, toilet seat. Uh, uh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the bees and the birds it is. <laughs> oh, man. Um, well, um, so, okay, I, I guess. I, I have Grogu here. Maybe I'll just ask Grogu what he thinks. Oh, it actually doesn't make sounds. Yeah, hold on. I, I am really enjoying this season's all the cooing. The cooing's been really solid. Oh, his eyes move and everything. Wow. Oh, yeah. This is the interactive one. But by the way, for all of the listeners at home, all for the panelists here, um, we all own a Grogu. <laughs> we do. Yeah, I, mine just fell behind my desk. Hang on. Um, our, our medium age is like probably 40 so true <laughs> yeah Matt, you really bring up the average thanks bud <laughs> i do and every year it just keeps getting higher hey listen i i'm the youngest one here i'm still solid in my 30s i said medium like i mean grogu's the oldest one here so it's true it's true really not is. by much yeah it's true Matt, matt's matt's creeping up on him <laughs> we're, we're all uh, 40 year old men that just want to babysit a 50 year old 50 year old baby <laughs> I don't know what psychiatrist needs that, to that, that's what it's like when we podcast with Jack you <laughs> <laughs> oh, just explained the RCAD so if you, if you like the banter check us out on the RCAD where we get more explicit um I don't know why he wants to be on this podcast so bad. <laughs> what are, what yeah. are you guys' hot takes of the episode? Did you? Did oh you my like god! It? I mean, really, hot takes? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, did you like the, dude, the, the entire episode? Is just one huge freaking hot take. Mm-hmm. Like, it's true for me. Like, first of all, like how? Uh, okay, I'm I'm filtering out expletives because this is a, a non-explicit <laughs> podcast. But how flipping awesome was Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka? Like. Not even just how she acted, but how she looked, the makeup they did. It was incredible. The white lightsaber lightsabers, amazing. It looked beautiful. Just badassery. I can say that, I think. If not, sure. well, charge me. Um, it was just incredible. And then, like, just when you think you can't get any cooler, any like new, like, like whatever, like flashy stuff. They go and drop a bomb on you towards the end. And I know Nick and I are extremely excited over there. Sorry. Why, why, why are you leaving out the old guy? Because he, <laughs> it's, it's, it has been long since said on this podcast and the six episodes that I've been on <laughs> that one of my favorite characters in the Star Wars universe is Grand Admiral thrawn and i cannot wait to see what happens whether it's on the mandalorian or if it's on its own show or its mm-hmm. own movie i don't care oh, i want it's him to be on the show it's happening on the show it's just like it's like it's like uh when you know lost head jughead you you have a atom bomb brought onto the set you don't just not detonate it like we we all knew jughead, jughead was going to explode at some point so you know, I feel like you, you drop the name like Thrawn. It's like. Well, I love how, you know, it, it's playing the kind of same beats where 
you know, Moff Gideon's kind of this Darth Vader, right? Where you think, oh, that's mm-hmm. the big bad guy. But then in Empire's like, oh, wait, there's an even bigger bad guy. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I love that if like Moff Gideon's mm-hmm. kind of the Vader to Ron Emperor. Right? Well, that's what I that's what I said, I think, two episodes ago when Chris was last on about how that was one of the things I could see happening is that, you know, the same as in Rebels, you think the, the, the Inquisitors are going to be the baddies. And then all of a sudden, you know, in the third season, Thrawn is introduced and you're like, oh, like, this is cool. And I like, I can see the same thing happening right now is that, you know, you have Moff Gideon, who's just, you know, he's just a moth of one sector, you know, of the outer rim. But who's in charge of the remaining part of the empire? You know? yeah. See the thing. The thing I'm excited about because I have not watched Rebels in oh. its entirety yet, so I what? don't. But here's here's the thing. What? I don't. I don't know Thrawn from Rebels. I know Thrawn from the books. Oh, okay. And right. Thrawn from the books, in my opinion, like is amazing. So I just haven't had time to catch up on Rebels, but I will. But from what I know from the Thrawn, like a similar beats in, uh, in Rebels as it is the Thrawn. Yeah, cause like, cause like he, he's, he's a quote unquote bad guy, but he's really kind of not, you know, like he's an anti hero in, in some, in some respects. Maybe not in Rebels. I haven't I think, seen him in Rebels, I think, but like, I mean, I think the thing that that we love to hate about, <laughs> judging by the look on Jay's face, I'm <laughs> dead wrong. Um, well, but, but you know, he, the, th- the thing that we love to hate about him, and and it goes all the way back I to don't hate, I don't hate any blue cell of his body. Okay, but it goes all the way back for me to Heir to the Empire, because when, when that came out, you know, it was just like that was the first Star Wars we had post-Return of the Jedi, and who is this person? How could you have someone rival that of Darth Vader? And, you know, hats off to Timothy Zahn for creating Thrawn, who is a mastermind in his own right, so smart, you know, and creates such a foil um it that it lives on you know thrawn lives on and and is now in in the post disney uh you know world of star wars so so it's great um, about good characters you can't, you can't get rid of them you don't want to get rid of them yeah i mean you know really good villains you love you love even yeah. though you hate him you you love them i mean it's yeah. it's the same same you know maul has these moments of just maniacal like insanity and and yet yeah. we still we still enjoy him so. But what I love about Thrawn compared to, like, say, the Emperor is even more so, whereas Emperor pulled this massive conspiracy to overthrow the Republic, um, Thrawn, but uh, the, the, the flaw of the Emperor is his, you know, his ego and just him assuming he's infallible. Um, but Thrawn seems to kind of have his ego in check um and i think that's what makes him the most dangerous to me is just he's yeah go ahead and he's smart as is filter he's super smart like like he's like like probably the most intelligent individual in the star wars universe as far as far as tacticians go Mm -hmm. like he's one of the smartest dudes in the universe and that's what i think i love about him and again i haven't seen rebels I'm now realizing and for, I, not realizing, but forgetting that uh, the new Thrawn book came out recently as well, um, which I need to now read once I get through <laughs> um, Ready Player Two first, and then uh, then I'll move on to Thrawn. Um, but oh, yeah, Tim, I'll, I'll tell you what happens in Ready Player Two. Uh, they go to an arcade. I'm like, stop! Play, I'm reading it now. Uh, literally um, reading it now. They play, I think, Centipede. Um, oh, there you go, and then he drives. Uh, uh, is it the A team van? I think it's the A team van, and I don't know, just... none of this has happened. 
<laughs> Listen, Ready Player One is fun, but it's literally like here. It's just a category. It's all these '80s words, and just throw them into a book. Matt, can can, can you mute him? I don't know. <laughs> oh no, it only works on on Jack. Um, <laughs> They're blood. He's got like he's got this immune immunity medallion. I think somewhere behind him in all he of does. Yeah, as yeah. the owner of the barbecue, I, I have. A <laughs> yeah. His wife puts the sizzle in every episode. Oh, there you go. Literally, 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 quite literally. Um, so I know, I know. Um, since we have four of us on here, it's it's hard to go beat for beat for for this episode. But we should we should at least kind of touch on some major points or major arcs that happen in the in the episode. Specifically, the opener with you know Ahsoka. I mean, you know, just jump right into to the action here. And, so. and- that's what you know, because um, it's been it was rumored from like the be- end of last season, right? That Ahsoka was going to make an appearance or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the whole time, it was like, okay, maybe she'll show up, and uh, but she'll maybe be just a cameo kind of thing. Like uh, with with both kind of big uh, guest appearances with Bo-Katan and uh, now Ahsoka, uh, it's a full it, like it's full pedal to the metal jedi action um with the saber yeah. everything and like not holding anything back it's like oh this is this is a straight up you know movie it was 45 minutes and uh, it was incredible um and i know there was so much grumbling that uh as ashley Eckstein or Eckstein, yeah. mm-hmm. um uh that she wasn't going to portray uh ahsoka uh, yeah, but she doesn't look anything like. I mean, yeah. it just doesn't fit. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Matt and I had said that like she's like a soccer mom. Well, like, she's, <laughs> she's, 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 I mean, she's the voice of Ahsoka Tano. Yeah. When I think of Ahsoka Tano, I think of Ashley Eckstein. But I mean, like either Chris or Jay, you're right. Like she's she's too small to be the character. She doesn't have yeah. the body the body uh, shape for it, you know. And uh, Rosario Dawson did a perfect job. I mean, yeah. from what she could do. I mean, she did great. I mean, my only nitpick, which it makes total sense from a prop point of view, is that her, her mithril's or you know, yeah. her hair was not long enough. It's more like Padawan uh, Soka, mm-hmm. but they made that as a choice because from her moving around, they couldn't have these weighty things being as, as long as they would be. Yeah, and I mean, you go back to like Clone Wars. I mean, like, look at Dooku. Like, what is wrong with his face? Like, right. like Clone Wars versus like what happens in in the movie. So I, c- I couldn't help but but think though when I was watching um, Rosario Dawson in her what do you, what do you call her hair? Montrals. Sorry, I said Mithril, but I'm Montrals. Yeah, I, I, I thought they were Montrals. That's yeah. but I could be. Well, I'm just go ahead and say her hair um, reminded me. A lot of like the squishy toys that kids are obsessed with right now, because you could tell that they were just wrinkling. Right, right, yeah, like the foam. Yeah, like yeah. I actually, I actually thought that those were like laser blasts or like actual scars. Like, no, I think because even even in the animation, especially later seasons of Clone Wars and stuff, they'll they'll have the kind of little wrinkles in there and stuff. Yeah, but like honestly, God, like I remember when she first came on the on, on the screen, I'm like, is that? Is that CG? Her is her face CG? And, that, and then they zoom in. It's like no, that's that's just Rosario Dawson in crazy, crazy makeup. And if you look at all the screen, like the the um, like a side by side comparison of Ahsoka from Clone Wars and Rosario Dawson, if you're ever gonna make a like a comparison between a cartoon and a human, mm-hmm. it's pretty <laughs> spot on. Like it is amazing how well they did that whole you know 
Yeah, and, and, and hats off to the casting because they, they, they've been casting people that can do these athletic stunts, you know. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really important thing that, you know, it's not easy to make the leap from a cartoon to like real life and to like right. bring everything over. Like some things just get lost from cartoons, like how we read them, how we how we are able to move around with the action. Uh, you know, it's so, um, you know, the, to make that transition, I think that this episode, the pacing of it being a little bit slower, you know, like letting you kind of linger on some shots, you know, that was like a, a definite director choice. He doesn't always do that um, with the scene. Mm -hmm. but I think that was also kind of to play out this more samurai meeting the yes. West aspect of it, which you know, there were just some really cool scenes or just like that, that uh, Filoni would do with his animated series that he would work on. It was just like, he just had this scene and you know, mm -hmm. like when she comes up and slices the bell or whatever, and just kind of had yeah. that really cool kind of anime kind of mm -hmm. moment uh, that kind of set on. And I was just like, I really dug that you know, him translating that to live action is something that he, he did really well in both Clone Wars and Rebels. No, I, it's, a, it's a visual aspect. I mean, he, you know, even in the, if you watch the behind the scenes for the, the Mandalorian um, and his directing portion, he talks about like even getting his first job at Lucasfilm. He's like, I'm not, I'm not somebody that does animation. Like I make the artwork or the pictures, you know? <laughs> so, you know, but that stuff translates though, like in mm -hmm. that scene, where like you see the moon and you see the the burnt trees and you see Ahsoka there like with the the little lantern and and Grogu mm -hmm. like to me like those images like are really like they kind of burn in your brain like oh like that's so cool like I could just look at that you know yeah. uh, or like you said the bell or like the slashing of the wood the tree mm -hmm. you know, like, it's just, like it really felt like I was watching a live action Clone Wars episode. Yeah, that's the best. That's the best way I can describe it. Like it really felt like from the direction, the you know, you know, the art direction, everything. And I, I mean, granted, it were probably a little bit of uh, Ahsoka is making me feel that way too. But like, um, it ju it just felt really good. Like it was a, a stark contrast from last week's episode, um, but it accompanied two weeks ago perfectly. And I'm excited. Did you guys not like? I loved last week's episode. I I I, I did not. I, I made a comment last week, Jay. This is the first time probably in history where Matt was more negative than I was about an episode of anything. Yeah. You know? Well, not that he was like a super downer, but I, you know, but like. Yeah. I, it's it's fine. It's a fine episode. I just, there were other episodes in the season that I, I liked the passenger more. I liked the pacing of it, like the feel of it. Um, the Siege just, it felt like a TV show version of mm -hmm. The Mandalorian and not a cinematic movie version of Star Wars. And, it was and my least favorite episode <clears throat> of the series. And, and and it's fine. Like like I think that I a joke about Billy D. Williams directing it. But, uh, <laughs> it's been right, right. I yeah, mean, uh, I, that that's never gonna die, is it? <laughs> no, ever. I mean, Mac does it all the time. Like and. I don't, know he, he really, he I don't even know what the hell he's talking about. That's exactly. So I don't think he understands the joke either. He just kind of like, oh yeah, didn't didn't uh, the guy from uh, Billy D? Yeah, the Cold Forty Five guy. To, right? to be like, fair, I, I I did not realize until even well after the episode that I watched it. I did not realize that he actually directed that episode. And makes sense for you. What's that? That makes sense for you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, when he says it right after the episode directed by I wasn't paying attention. Okay. Only makes sense I really for me. Siege. I thought it was fun. 
it, it's it's fine. There's some fun things or in there. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> you just, you don't like it because we don't like it now. No, no, no. I I love the episode. I thought it was a lot of fun. I I you know I dig those characters and I bet you don't like us. Well, uh, oh, Matt, Matt, uh, tell Jay your biggest and my biggest problem with the last episode. Oh, I was like. How did this shit get fixed so fast? Like, they was gone for like two hours. It takes me that long to just like oh my fix like my door lock. Like it was a day or two. Why? Why? Why are you jumping to conclusions? How? How is it a day or two? You're telling me that Grogu was in that school for a whole day. Where did he sleep? You don't know. <laughs> they have like a, like a school camp. They they basically like they meet up with with the, the uh, grief Karga, and he's basically like, hey, now that you're here, and the we got a babysitter for you. Convenient. Um, why don't you and I go and hit this other place that's on the, the other side of the planet here? Oh, come then, on! Where the, where the speeder bike bike troopers jump off the cliff? That was awesome. It was awesome. I'm not, we're not, I'm we're, not, we're not talking about the action. Whole episode. I'm just saying, like, how did his ship get fixed so fast? I these are these are good repairmen. Why it's the there's no Mon Calamari work here. I mean, this is solid welding. Really, mithril, good the Mithril character was completely wasted. He was a cool character from the beginning that they could have. Instead, he's in this weird slaver's debt. Like like of all the conspiracies that we've had this season, and trust me, there's a lot of things that people are upset about, including Grogu, the name. But nobody's been talking about like, oh, it's okay for this person, Grief Karga, to have a slaver's debt for this guy who's lost his vision i mean it's just in one eye just one eye just you only need, you only need one debts. would you rather be dead or pay off your debts <sighs> he wanted to make it home for life day so i guess if life day Maybe comes every day. Home for life day you gotta make you gotta make sacrifices and he, and he worked off like 150 years and and according to you two hours so really it's true sleep two hours 130 130 years yeah, Kirk is the kind of person that's just like one day he's like taken off a hundred, but then the next day he's like, "Oh, you brought me the wrong coffee." Another fifty years on your little life sentence, there, buddy. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what it should have been. Like, yeah, it should have been yeah, adding some on there too. Yeah. All right, let's get back to the good episode. I mean, they're all right, all- yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you got you guys. All right, so you guys mentioned little things that you noticed on the episode about it being very felony, mm-hmm. but did you notice like the little things that I noticed? Like, there's two little Easter eggs that he likes to throw in there. Uh, so the owl. You have yeah, you have the convor when he's searching in the forest, and you also see a meerkat later yep. in the episode Loth as well. Lothcat. Lothcat, sorry. Lothcat. Lothcat. You mean the convor? The convor. <laughs> um but uh, the second I saw that, I was like, oh ah, ah, there's <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I did see the convoy a lot uh, faster than I saw Gene's guy. So, you know, True. Um, yeah. I think that's that's a part of the director. He's no longer there, sadly. We will mourn him forever. Oh, yeah. No, they already they already seized him out of the episode. Oh, snap. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Some <laughs> I do imagine him like just being taken out in the back and like sorry, we got to go. Yeah. Maybe you're look, all look at the fl- look at the flowers. Look at the flowers. I think Nick, you may have shared it too, but like the action figure they already have of of Gene's guy. Yes. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> um, I, mean, I, I fully expect if we have a Comic Con 2021, someone to be dressed up as Gene's guy. Absolutely. Just have like a, a wall in front of him and just an arm and a watch, and perfectly <laughs> acceptable too. 
it's a long line of you know just people like the the boom the, the he died recently rest in peace but the boom guy with the little all oh, right shorts yeah. there was one of those at comic-con one year <laughs> <laughs> um but no i the that was cool also i thought was just neat a nice little touch was the unique sound of ahsoka sabers like hers um, since they were, you know, uh, Inquisitor stones that were con- like basically converted from the red, uh, they kind of had that more aggressive uh, igniting sound. I don't know if you all kind mm. of that as well. well. She ignited them enough, that's for sure. Hey. <laughs> you know, it's cool. She was sneaking attack. Like, no, I get know. it. Yeah. Oh, but- the one scene where she was like right behind you. Like, I was like, yeah. <laughs> um also uh it was, it was neat to see that beth car could you know uh go uh go toe-to-toe with a lightsaber blade that was mm-hmm. it, it it was a very important thing that they set up mm-hmm. right you know like because and and uh you know nick and i've talked about this that um there's a lot of people that are watching the Mandalorian and they're like, wow, this is the first time two women have ever fought against each other. And you're like, welcome, welcome to star Wars. We've been watching this stuff in the cartoon for years now. Um, But thanks for joining us. There's all sorts of colors of lightsabers. You know, we're just getting to the tip of the iceberg. So I think it it established an important rule. There was, you know, the lightsaber on the best car furthered by the spear. And then of course our, our character, Din and he got to level up on this. You know, if this was a video game, it was like, bing, bing. <laughs> you know, it was like, you have gotten the spear that will help fight the dark saber. Your little sound <laughs> effect there sounded eerily like the the tones at the beginning of the episode. I know. Can, can, can you do that again? You did the Mandalorian oh. tones, the theme. You did. Boom, bing. Oh, right. <laughs> hey, you know, we haven't talked about the fact that freaking Reese was in this episode, by the way. Yeah. Michael yeah. Bean. 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 I, mean, I don't know his name. I assume it's Reese. Michael Bean, yeah. Yeah. Kyle Reese, yeah. Um, uh, 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 Johnny Ringo. Johnny Ringo. Oh, yes. Yes. And there was a callback to that whole thing with Johnny Ringo. It's true. Lost mm-hmm. again. <laughs> yeah. I kind of felt there was a little bit of a, kind of like um, in the, uh, the episode last season where you, you have this really cool assassin and then the killer at the end of the episodes. Like I felt this was kind of the same with Michael Beans. Like I kind of was like, Oh man, what a waste of a good actor. It's like, you know, I was like, don't kill him. You know? Cause like to me, it didn't make sense at the end. Cause he's no different than the Mandalorian is that he's just a hired gun. Mm-hmm. And when he realizes that a soak is in there fighting, I think I would have been like, well, let's just see who wins. You know? And at that, it's like, just walk away. So yeah. it, to me, it made no sense for him to, really draw down each other what do you have to gain at this point the man is covered in head to toe in beskar do you really think you're gonna get a shot baby gotta get that beskar baby yes (laughs) uh for for a second at the beginning i thought lang uh who's the character that he plays i thought um he was fen rao for a second like he he just had a, a, fil- a similar like facial expression or whatever or like just his face facial profile or whatever. Mm. So friend Fen Rao uh, was a Mandalorian from um, Rebels. Was featured in Rebels and um, kind of um, I think appeared in season three. So anyway, um, side note. Um, one one thing that kind of touches back to Rebels, though, that I saw in this episode, and, and I'm I'm sorry to, to spoil the one person that still hasn't caught up to that, 
<laughs> but but it's subtle um is that you see as he approaches the the planet um of corvus you see like the burning fires kind of like ex mm -hmm. expanding out across the continent and it reminded me of lothal when um mm. season four there we see i think it was episode i wrote it down crawler commander um, where there's these machines that are basically kind of leveling and going across the planet to, you know, basically collect minerals for the uh, empire. Essentially, mm -hmm. <clears throat> we also saw an AD series smelting droid. This is the droid um, eighty-eight who we saw um, from Jabba's palace and and um, mm -hmm. Return of the Jedi. So the fact that there's a smelting <laughs> droid, the fact that there's like all of these fires going on, and we see this like burnt forest. The last that we know. Um, you know, Bo-Katan probably thought that this was a forest planet. This is no longer a forest planet. Um, mm -hmm. So it made me think of like the, the empire's influence here, or perhaps what their other goals are with this planet. Got well, like, <laughs> Emperor Sith uh, star destroyers. Well, it makes sense, you know, with the magistrate knowing her, what limited background we know, because this is the introduction to that character mm -hmm. <clears throat> and that, you know, she was a high up person that helped build the Imperial fleet Mm -hmm. And then you're saying Lothal. I mean, you think about it, that's exactly where Thrawn was, mm -hmm. you know, in charge of, and it was getting mm -hmm. minerals for the same purpose. So it makes right. sense that she's an underling of Thrawn to be doing the same process to harvest minerals to minerals to. I thought there was just a cool connection there that like, there's, there's something similar to that's mm -hmm. happening here. And this episode has a very like rebels feel. And the fact that, mm -hmm. you see this, the town that is being assaulted and under siege and, yep. you know, um you know under lockdown um yeah. and you know the in the end the city is freed um by the the acts of, of kind of like a so really uh, it's kind of uh, sabine ran just a bad mandalorian because all it took was ahsoka and sabine ran and they freed the whole planet <laughs> it took like you know rebels and all that crew the ghost crew like 17 years to free lothal so um, may, maybe, maybe it was just because like the empire was in their heyday and now they're not. So, sure. Sure. Um, what, why are you winking? And this isn't really the empire either. You know, that this planet, this is just, these yeah. are just some rad ragtag people and some weird masks. And, um, uh, but I am excited. I'm surprised. Uh, I wonder maybe it's whenever, uh, uh, Jin Jaren goes back to help Bo-Katan, you know, recapture Mandalore. Maybe that's when we'll uh, maybe see Sabine Wren. Because to me, the last time we saw Ahsoka was with Sabine. And <clears throat> where is she? So the, well, there's there's some big confusion or or some, some big kind of questions about the timeline structure. Right. And some of the things that I've, I've seen online from this Vanity Fair interview, which I was, I was still reading kind of before we began with Filoni. Yeah. Filoni yeah. and um, Rosario, Rosario Dawson were both interviewed. And mm -hmm. one of the things that uh, Filoni had mentioned was that this could take place before the epilogue that we see in rebels. Mm -hmm. So the epilogue that we see in rebels that someone doesn't, hasn't seen yet, <laughs> but it sets up, it sets up a certain, <laughs> I'm sorry, Chris, I don't mean to be crapping on but it sets up a certain like dynamic of like where it is in her life, basically that we're kind of wondering. And um, 
for him to say that, that it's like, well, this could take place before. That's um, true because the fall is kind of really wouldn't just that just wouldn't happen immediately after the fall of, of Endor or or, or all the, uh, the Battle of Endor. So that does make sense, honestly, that that could happen after these events. Right. And and perhaps she has found a lead on Ezra and, and that's why she's coming back. That'd be cool. That'd be neat. Which this is this is my my one biggest thing that I like pulled from this episode. Would you say Ahsoka is using Grogu because Grogu was part of the Jedi Academy? Grogu can enter a Jedi temple. She cannot. She is having Grogu go to a temple and to call to any Jedi, potentially trying to call to Ezra. Oh, interesting. Oh, that is interesting. That's a good. That's a good theory. Because like really, like there's only like four now or five counting Ahsoka Jet potential Jedi right. there. You have the two from the new video game. Uh, uh, Cal. Is it? Yeah, Cal. And then you have the, there's a woman one too in the video game. Uh, and then you have Luke. Ahsoka and Ezra, and that's it. So that we know of, that we know of, that we know. Of. Yep, correct. The beauty of, of living within a universe, you're like, ah, there's a couple more. Yeah, like, oops, I called out. I didn't get the ones that you were wanting. So sorry, <laughs> you're not gonna see Luke or Ezra or Cal or Jerry. You're gonna see <laughs> Boop. Gary, it's Gary, it's Gary and Jerry. <laughs> Bob. Um. What one interesting thing about the uh, the magistrate on this planet uh, is that her first name is Morgan, which I find to be like so funny. It's like the most like <laughs> Earth name I can think of. Right. <laughs> we have names like Lang and Ahsoka and Grogu of all things. Right. <laughs> that was Morgan. Morgan. <laughs> Record scratch. Yeah. Brittany. Hi, my name is Magistrate Brittany. <laughs> I'd like to talk to your boss. It's like it's like that joke at the end of uh, Men in Tights. Your name is Merman <laughs> or Vernon. Yeah, you know, like okay. Um, but that was the joke though. A while back, you know about like how in a world of Anakin's and Obi Wan's and Padme's do you go? I want to name my kid Luke. Like <laughs> it just you know it doesn't make sense. I mean, not, not to knock Luke, but it's it's just one of those like okay. But my hardest thing is, is like, where do we fit in this commercial break? I think right now is a pretty good time because we have this beeping going on. We do. It's a good place to, to stop it. Whew. Welcome back. A commercial break. So it was long. a really good one about uh, memory foam mattresses. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. The purple, the purple square ones. Uh, we have a purple mattress. Uh, oh, uh, <laughs> I like it. Uh, let's see here, because we're not following a. Uh, Wait, what did you, you guys? On the show? Huh? Ugh, you guys don't even do a recap on this show. We, no, we don't do the recap. I'm just saying, but we're not following a. a usually, typical... usually we just like if it's Nick and I, we do go a little bit more beat for beat, you know. Um, yeah. With, so, but since there's four of us, I feel like we're kind of more hitting on like Eight and a half. Let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> what, what did you like? Just because, just because he hasn't seen Rebels, we shouldn't, you know, put him in the the pity court. Listen, I I heard the the absolute beating Matt took on the last RCAD, so I feel like we can 
Uh, so it's every RCAD. Wait, how how many episodes have you listened to? Because uh, I mean, and, and I, I'm convinced that Matt act what he does actually is he sits there and he writes down like things that he can get shit on dumped on for, um, and he plans it yeah. because it's it's almost as if it's like choreographed like every week. No, I don't. Uh, <laughs> that, Matt, you can you can pick on other people on this show because you're the producer now. Well, I guess you produced the RCD too. Yeah, I know. You, there's no excuse for me. Yeah, um, I got none. But uh, anyway, um, what I, what I was going to ask was, so when Mando, you know, even though he doesn't take the contract, you know, to go actually go mm-hmm. kill Ahsoka, when he's out there searching, what did you guys think about her? Like, this is the only really true kind of thing I went. Hmm, about was that you know she just openly attacks you know the mandalorian like and i i even though she's not a jedi i felt that was very uncharacteristic you know I, it would seem to me more like she would stand there and be like you just kind of like what do you want you know and then something would escalate i understand they probably wanted some action mm-hmm. but that didn't make sense for me for her to be a jedi to openly attack you know because it's never i mean even yoda says like a jedi never attacks only for defense and so mm-hmm. to me that didn't that's the one thing it felt a little off beat maybe just because obviously they've been throwing everything at her so she's already kind of like Mm, i I can't give him a beat you know (laughs) like she already took on the the whole you know army out in the woods so i it's it maybe it's more of a they've probably been sending every type of person they can at her so she's just you know attack first yeah i reached i recently rewatched uh uh, it's wonderful life you know and, and there's a point in the movie where Jimmy Stewart is just like so frazzled, you know, and he's about ready to, and he's just like, go away, Bert. I don't want, you know, like, he's just like, he's like, gets to that point where he's like a caged animal, you know, and I kind of feel that with Ahsoka. It's just like anything else that you threw at her at that point. But I, I will also uh, counter that by agreeing with you, Nick, that, uh, and maybe just the, it wasn't Rebels the last time we, I'm sorry we lost Jay because he was agreeing with somebody else on this show. Um, <laughs> somehow, somehow we we accidentally lost Nick. I didn't do that. Um, Probably made Nick think something went wrong. I know, right? Um, like, but uh, I, I, okay, Nick's here to see this. Okay, but uh, but I did think that, like, uh, because again, the end. Uh, I guess this is a spoiler for Clone Wars, but I'm assuming you've seen the end of Clone Wars now. Have you seen the end of Clone Wars? Yeah, Chris has seen Clone Wars. Yeah. Okay, all right. Um, but it was just so beautiful how you know she really tried to not kill any of the uh, the, the clone troopers yeah. uh, on that ship, um, and she to me always does, especially post. Um, I'm blanking on the planets now when she got basically brought back to life by you know the the daughter, oh, yeah, the um, uh, good of the force um, that she will always kind of is that embodiment even in the rebels she's wearing the all white um so i i did think it was interesting uh here that the kind of the all white pure good side of the force version of soka wasn't really there it was i'm gonna kill this whole freaking village <laughs> to, to get this information so it definitely and again it may just be adapting it to this to the show um, but I I noticed that too, Nick. Uh, that it seemed far more aggressive, and it may just be again. Maybe she was just kind of inundated and just being, you know, attacked <clears throat> all the time. But that's that's the theory. <clears throat> going to your first point about um, because you know, Ahsoka is is really dead. 
she died on Mortis and mm -hmm. the daughter gave her life back. And so that's the whole theory behind the, the convoy and her being white is that the things that her goodness of about, even though Ahsoka was always good, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. it's like, it's part of the daughter that lives within Ahsoka. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And that's to me, I think that's what makes the character really compelling. Um, uh, and again, I love the Mortis trilogy in Clone Wars. I think some of the best stuff in it, as well as when they brought it into Rebels. Sorry. Mm -hmm. um, I thought that was, uh, again, some of the most compelling uh, well, in Star Wars. Um, and, and maybe maybe I'll just say earmuffs to Chris, you know, like every time I spoil something big um, for <laughs> uh, Rebels. But there's a big moment that like happens where Ahsoka is saved by Ezra. Mm hmm. So I assume that she's also has that a bit of that life debt where she's wanting to to save him. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's why she's so hell bent. So yeah. do you think it's 300 years? Huh? The life, the life debt. Do you think it's like 300 oh, years, no. you know? And, no, uh, I, just, I just, that personal like responsibility that like yeah. she, well, so. he said, come find me. It's what, it's essentially what Ezra said, like when they split yeah. up there. Um, thanks. Thanks. So, all right, I got a question. Um, I'm trying to piece together the Thrawn books. I'm trying to piece together the Aftermath books. I'm trying to piece together all the storylines here. Mm -hmm. When, in relation to the Mandalorian, um, was the Siege of Lothal? Um, so it's probably about 10 years ago. So, because the Siege yeah, of Lothal would have been basically right before um, Yavin, the Battle of Yavin. So it's right. It's it's close to the nine to ten year mark. Maybe not a full year. Maybe it's like nine. Okay, so years. it's it's recent. Okay, it's, yeah, yeah. It's so Rebel Rebels is zero BB. I'm just I'm just trying to to potentially piece together some of the characters from like Thrawn's stories that I'm aware of, not from um, from Rebels, but but from the books. Um, there's a lot of great characters that they could potentially bring in. I just ruled one out uh, <laughs> because of the timeline. Um, but thinking of uh, what, what was the oh, shoot? What was the uh, the Chiss um, Admiral mm -hmm. female? Yeah. I can't think of her name. Son of a gun. Anyways, there was a, uh, a Chiss Admiral, which I think would be amazing to have introduced. She's the one who saves it. Are you guys familiar with the Thrawn books at all, or no? I haven't. I haven't the read Thrawn. I, it's been 30 years since I've read so, it. Well, he's, he's, he, he means the new one. Oh, I have not read the new one. No, no oh, they're, they're really fantastic. I mean, and it's all, it, all by Timothy Zahn. Yeah, it's, it's almost like you know the Master and Commander movie with Russell Crowe. It's like that, but like space battles of all time. It's just amazing. <laughs> um, but um, there's some really great characters I could, I could potentially see them kind of weaving in and out of the story, um, specifically with all the connections they have to Lothal and the Magistrate there. But it could be interesting. If you haven't read them, um, I highly recommend it. So if you check out the Thrawn books by Timothy Zahn, they're great. And like, you know, it's what really built my um, affection, if you will, to to um, your man crush, the man crush on Thrawn. <laughs> and, and, and there's actually one of the books kind of is going back to like his uh, origin story. And it's really cool because it goes back to like the Clone Wars time uh, where Padme is in it. Um, Anakin is in it. And then it trans it goes back and forth in time in the story because Thrawn knew and knows who Darth Vader is 
but won't tell anybody because he met Anakin back when he was, you know, you know, just a young lad when he was laying, laying into Padme back in the day. Um, but, and it's a really cool story how they kind of, it's called Thrawn Alliances, I believe is the name mm. of the book, um, where it goes back and forth in time and kind of like dips back and forth between, you know, pre empire, post empire. It's very, very cool stories. So there's a lot of really cool mythology that lies in those books that I'm just like drooling to find out whether or not they're going to actually somehow work it into the Mandalorian. Um, that's what Matt and I, that's what Matt and I had discussed a little bit. That's my theory with this whole Ahsoka asking, like, where's your master? Or where's, you know, Grand Admiral mm-hmm. Thrawn is that I think this is, even though we probably will see Thrawn in some limited capacity within the Mandalorian, it's still called the Mandalorian. Right. And I think this is really setting up a movie for Ahsoka, uh, mm-hmm. and possibly even, um, Sabine, Mm-hmm. You know, at some point, I'm not sure where they'll put it, you know, but well, Disney, Disney Plus, they're shopping everything yeah, exactly. out on there. I, yeah. To me, this is it's setting up the Rebels sequel series. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I think um, as far as the, the Thrawn connection and and what the Mandalorian is doing this season is great because it, it, it has shown us these other stories, these little threads in the background, mm-hmm. by, but still keeping. So all of our complaints last season about like, ah, oh, this episode was just like such a standalone and didn't do anything. And we were frustrated that it seems so serialized here. They've peppered it in with these other characters that we've loved. And they've really kind of opened up the, the accordion files of, of all of the Star Wars stuff. One one thing I wanted to mention before we we uh, move away from her, but the magistrate apparently has this connection to a story called Bug, written by Filoni's wife, E. Anne Con- Convery, um, and it's based on an episode of the Clone Wars called Massacre. In the story, the short story Bug, it tells the story, and I have not read this, but it, apparently it tells the story of this lone survivor from Dathomir. Mm-hmm. named morgan so uh so it, this is I, just this is just like a story it's not an episode it's no. not an episode but it connects to massacre the episode okay. massacre which is from the clone wars and it has to deal with the the witches of, of dathomir right so but for some and again i haven't read this this is a short story uh anthology that came out uh, i think in august um so um, I haven't read it yet, but from everything that I've read on the interwebs about it, um, there's there's some connection or loose connection to um, this. There was also a hairdresser who had identified the character as being the last survivor of Dathomir, and it right. was it was one of those Instagram things that was completely rooted out and taken down. Um, and as someone who has felt the wrath of Disney on Instagram. Mm. They they will do that in a heartbeat. So so interesting connection there with um, the magistrate and the fact that perhaps she is from Dathomir. Perhaps she has some type of loose force connection that we don't know about yet. We didn't see the magistrate die. Um, and Ahsoka is not one to, I think, forcefully kill her. I could see her imprisoning her until she talks um, or... I mean, I I just don't see Ahsoka going to the dark side like Ben and trying to like, or you know, force <clears throat> the the information out. Kylo Ren, sorry, I said Ben, but who knows? Ben. His name is Ben. His name, ben? Is ben. yeah, his name was Ben. 
you know, go to the dark side like Ben. So, but anyway, I wanted to mention that though, just because I thought that was an interesting kind of like subtext and the fact that to Chris's point, they're doing a really great job of weaving in all of this back stuff. You know, some of our frustrations with the sequel trilogy, they're, they're really doing a great job with, mm-hmm. with the Mandalorian. So. Let's, um, talk, let's talk about some of the cute stuff. <laughs> uh, like, Every time he says Grogu, exactly, oh, exactly. <laughs> I love. I mean, every single time, like, he's like, "You know my name." <laughs> like, you know, like, it's about time, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Just been calling me kid forever. You know? Um, I thought the um, so cute. And yeah, by I the do, way, I, my my kids do that to me now. Like they think that is so funny that <laughs> like yeah like. <laughs> uh, I thought it was really cute, and I actually did a little bit of a uh, little bit of research because I wasn't. Um, not too knowledgeable in this this stuff specifically, but the whole gear shifter knob. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, that, I went down. I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole researching that. Right, the gear shifter. Uh, well, no, it led into <laughs> it, led, it led into an, a, a, a larger story about how this episode was very much um, like a Kurosawa um, mm-hmm. uh, movie, uh, mm-hmm. Yojimbo, mm-hmm. um, and it was like the the entire story had all these parallels, right? And it even got down to like the last scene where he the, the child had a, a child in the movie had the choice of t- choosing the sword or the stone, right? And instead of choosing, you know, the rock, he chose the the the, the little sphere from the ship, hmm. which I thought was kind of cool. But there's all these like really cool, and, and I don't know anything about these other movies, but I was reading a really cool um, article about that. So you can actually cool. kind of check out the similarities I... between. But, uh, both stories well and, and i know lucas was a big influence you know influenced by kurosawa movies one thing i i'd gone down a rabbit hole of kurosawa just like you know the other day and you know me being into japanese culture right now um but i was reading that he that's he where is, he katanas behind you that makes sense now <laughs> dude, he, he's the dude from the man in the high castle i'm telling you like it, that's matt he's the guy who runs the <laughs> the, the antique shop I'm I'm just learning Japanese just just personally just to not to like sell antiques on the black market. But anyway, um you know one one cool aspect of um uh never never mind. I I don't know. The, <laughs> the 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 Japanese aspect of Kurosawa is that he was a painter as well or he was an artist. He came from that background. So all of his shots of all of his movies are like painstakingly set up and you can kind of see that a little bit with Filoni and and the fact that his art background I think comes to play where he sets up a scene and he's like okay I want it to look like this you know Mm -hmm. so yeah um the the little gear shifter though didn't it remind you of the Death Star a little bit does it anything circle remind you of a Death Star well but it has the the trench run going around the the center and It also made me think, like, okay, does Baby Yoda's dark past deal with him being taken to a Death Star? <laughs> Maybe I might be reaching. Potty, there. A little crack potty, I will say. Okay, I, I I'll, did I'll leave that for Jack. <laughs> I did. Yeah, I love that scene though when you know he doesn't want to take doesn't want to do the rock, mm-hmm. you know, and then you see it, it's such a dad in yeah. T-ball moment mm-hmm. because like you see her doing it and he's over at, like the head nod, like, come on. Come on, do it, do it. You know, like, you know, he doesn't know do it. And then when he, and then when he actually takes the ball, I mean, it's like it's like he hit the home run. He's like, "Yes, kid, I knew you could do it." Like, yeah, it's like yeah. He, he yeah. played piano before. Like, seriously, he's good. Yeah, he's just just listen to my kid. He can do whatever amazing feat you need to do. Yeah, no, it's it's totally. 
hits all the gears. So I actually went back and to check out that one of those the um, the articles I was reading. I, I just want to read this this ex excerpt from uh, this article. It says some people point out that Grogu's trial in the episode to take first a stone and then a metal cylinder with the with the Force is a reference to the test that Ogami Ito administers to little Daigoro in the 1970 manga The Lone Wolf and Cub. Oh. In the book, Ogami Ito asks one-year-old Daigoro to choose between a ball and a sword. If he chooses the sword... Oh, nice! If he chooses the sword, Daigoro will be taught the way of the Ronin. But if he picks the ball, Ogami Ito will kill him and spare him a life of violence. So there's actually a kind of a cool parallel there because like they were trying to determine whether or not they're going to teach him the way of the Jedi or the Force. Well, and Ahsoka like not wanting to teach him because of, he has this attachment. Mm. You know, he doesn't want him to go down this this path. But you know, which you know, I guess it's it makes sense because I mean, of all people, like Ahsoka. And, and being close to Anakin and seeing that fall, like you would, you would be influenced. Like, like that's a character choice that makes sense. You know, um, like if you want to, if you're going to get on Luke for being a hermit, I mean, look at his role models, but you know, <laughs> yeah. we can all be upset about the Jedi for not passing along or doing, doing more to, to tell others. So mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of like the same crux that we had with lost. Like, why aren't people telling everybody this information? <laughs> like, you know, this, and you know, just tell each other you stupid writers. <laughs> um, so do you guys think that Ahsoka knows about Luke at this point? Like what's she what's has happened? to. I would assume, yeah. She'd have yeah, to. Yeah. Have to. Like but, I mean, she's, but she sat out the entire yeah. original trilogy. I mean, that's what they make a point with that in the Rebels. Uh so you're kinda like, okay, well, what have you been doing? <laughs> yeah. Uh I, I, saw I don't know if she's just like it's one of those things like let be the will of the force, you know, or something, but mm -hmm. um, there, there was a cartoon that I, I had seen on Twitter and I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe it just made me a little bit misty, but it was, it was basically Ahsoka ta talking to Luke and um, Luke telling her that like he turned to the good side at the end, mm -hmm. you know, and Ahsoka yeah. breaking down crying. I was like, well, stop, <laughs> stop that. Wait, why would you want to make me more emotional? Well, so Mark Hamill's essentially said he's never coming back to the character. So will, will we never have an Ahsoka Luke scene? Oh, well, Mark Hamill's not coming back, but recast him. Okay. Yeah, sadly. Yeah. Re recast a young Luke. You know, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, no, which... no, you no. Do, you just want to do age? Surprise? There's no recasting of Luke freaking <laughs> Skywalker. What are you going to do? I don't know if it's the, the on solo with uh, what's his name. He's a good yeah, job. but no, 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 no. You can't, you can't change the age adjuster back. That, I mean, like, uh, unless it's going to be, it's going to be like back in the day when he was making money as a moisture farmer recasting, like when he was like 12, but like, no, you can't, you can't recast him. How, you, how can you do age reduction on Mark yeah. Hamill at this point? No, because you have seen, you have seen Mark like, Hamill at, at his, the youngest, an episode four, um, and that's the youngest that you've seen him, but it's been the same actor playing that role since the oldest that you've seen him. You can't just jump into the middle of that timeline and put a recasted actor. It's different with Solo because you saw Solo from episode four when he was like in his late 20s. But you see Solo in, in or Han Solo in Solo. He's in his like, you know, early 20s. It's, it's before 
Harrison Ford. You cannot jump in a whole new Luke Skywalker in the middle oh, of a God. goddamn se- No way. No way. Unless it's me. But no, no, you can't. <laughs> well, let's, let's say they, let, let's that. Say, let's say they do. Let, let's say they twist Mark Hamill's arm, and then he goes, "Okay, I'll do three cameos, like an epi- and you know, three different ones in three different episodes do or whatever." It. They already showed in the sequel series, you know, with those few flashbacks, you know, they definitely made his beard all brown. Yeah. You know, they did make him look younger. I mean, it's hard mm-hmm. to make a, what, 60-something-year-old man or 70. I don't know how old yeah, Mark was. turn it back that Too far. bad. Too bar. But, you know, they could make him, you know, in his 50s or whatever. It's, you know, like, it's, it's, it's like those cool. friends that we have now that we have our friends are getting into their 40s. Uh, or they, on the Facebook, they overdo the filter. And it's just, like, way too washed out. It's like, whoa, you overdid it. You got to... <laughs> Push that one back. Yeah, <laughs> they're terrible. That's why I, I, I hate Facebook. Facebook's oh. gone. Facebook's out of, out of my out of my periphery. Um, two months, three months out now. It's been amazing not having Facebook. With all those apps, those those things aside, um, yes, they can recast Luke. Yeah, I think it's fine. I don't think it's a big deal. And, and if, 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 they're, if they're not going to do like disagree. Sebastian, what's his nuts from Winter Soldier? Looks yeah. just you, you, like saw, you saw that image too. Yeah, yeah. Look, yeah. Nope. like him. Yeah, give him the seven no, hair. No. No, 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 no. Yep, do it. It's either that. If you're not going to do that, Disney Plus, then I say you make an animated series where you throw Luke in there, pay Mark Hamill voice acting money, and and we have we have the the original trilogy or not the original trilogy. Well, yeah, the original the OT. You know, star star group. You know, Han, Leia, Luke, all animated. Like, give it, with, give it to us. With the success of live action Star Wars, now will they ever go back to big animated series like Clone Wars and? and- I, yeah, that's a tough one. You can do so much more with it. That's the I thing. think it depends on the budget too, and like you know the concept because I. So many more aliens, so many more like things like with the ships that you can do, like space battles, like large scale wars. To a large audience, there's so many more people now that are like watching Mandalorian and they've never seen Clone Wars, they've never seen Rebels because right. of the stigma yeah. that animation still gets. Yeah. Um, like even my sister and she's like she's like text me like, Oh, Mandalorian's so good. I was like, Oh, have you seen Clone Wars? And and uh, I said one, I was like, Oh, wait till you get to season two, season two is great. And I was like, well, have you seen Clone Wars? Or I was like, no, I've never seen him. Like, oh, well, maybe season two won't be as good as. <laughs> but like, uh, anyway, I, I, I do think that's a, uh, it's interesting for the for the story anyway. Yeah, no, what totally. What season of uh, Rebels am I on now? And I, I got to hit fast forward on this. Yeah, you, you definitely need to get to the end of season two. Um, because there's certain characters. Season end of season two. What are you? No, I think I think I finished season two, didn't I? I think I think you're in season two. Last time I remember you were talking about the old Disney Plus. End of season two is incredible. Yeah, I'm not denying that's a great show. I just by the way, knowledge of the fact that I've got two kids and I never get to watch TV. I've got two kids, Mother Trucker. I've seen it. (laughs) Well, good for you, man. Some interesting parallels with this season two of the Mandalorian and Empire Strikes Back. Um, you know, you have the the Jedi, you know, in the in the woods, even if it's a burnout woods, you know. Um, it, it's interesting that like Ahsoka says that, you know, she explains the force to the Mandalorian, which we've all heard. We already know this mm-hmm. to him, um, you know, but that idea that it's it's in all living things. They are in a burnt forest. 
Like everything's dead around them. So I thought it was kind of an interesting, like even if it was like a decision, um, but in the Vanity Fair, like they basically said like, like some of those decisions were like planned out, like the fact that they wanted it to be in that kind of setting, you know, mm -hmm. was it for aesthetic purposes or is there something more, you know, um, behind it? Um, interesting to note that George Lucas was on the set of uh, this episode. Oh, and that's cool. That is when he actually, there's a photo of him holding the puppet Grogu. Um, mm -hmm. And that took place. Apparently um, uh, Rosario Dawson had confirmed that she was on set just off to the side um, when that photo was taken. So oh, cool. I, I thought that was season one when that was taken. That's I did too, because it came out in January um, is when Favreau kind of like sent out that picture. Mm -hmm. uh, but apparently yeah. it uh, was confirmed. You were that. way ahead on, I mean, obviously since totally. it's all done and ready in the pandemic, but uh, that's crazy. So to think that they're that far ahead, who do you think that they've cast for Thrawn? So they could, they could easily go with the guy who voiced him. Who voiced him again? Uh, I was looking at images of him yesterday, and they, if you throw makeup on him, you could totally do it. Hang on. Thrawn voice actor. He needs to be super athletic. Lars Mikkelsen. Lars Mikkelsen. Is it Mads Mikkelsen's brother? Oh. oh, I was like, yeah. I know the name. He was already in Star Wars. <laughs> um, yeah, I was like, is there any like famous actors that you would be like, oh, this would be perfect, or this this person like really? He would be. He would be good because he was good in um, uh, Sherlock. But again, I uh, Cumberbatch, another Sherlock actor. What's his name? Elrond. Yeah, Cumberbatch would be good, but he's been in so many things recently. Yeah, it's true. Uh, uh, Jeremy Irons, <laughs> Wes uh, Bentley. Uh, a lot. Elrond, the guy who played Elrond. It would it would be nice if they Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving. Red Skull. Uh, I don't. I don't know if I like the Kate Anderson's voice so much. He is more drawn out. I would want somebody that kind of has that ability to kind of talk in a lower lower voice and just kind of just be very methodical, very kind of quick witted. Where Elrond to me is more kind of a flowy, elegant. Well, think of Mr. Anderson. That's what I'm saying. Like he's like Mr. Um, where that's Thrawn, dude. That's no, Thrawn. More of like he hasn't seen Rebels yet. He doesn't know how. Oh, you're right. Sorry, I, I, I can only I can only hear him through words. On exactly you you put in Hugo we weaving in your fan casting. I am basing it off of what we've already seen in the characters. <laughs> all right. Um, hot button button topics all around apparently. So, um, any. Anything else that you're, you're last thing, last thing I want to say. Yeah. And then I'm out of here. <laughs> one hour on the show or two hours? How long do you guys try to keep it? You know, we try to keep it an hour, but you know, you just never know. Uh, last thought that I have is how much I love the Ahsoka theme and that it was in full force in this episode. Yeah. It gave me the little, little misty eyes, uh, especially at the end when it was like the full sweeping Ahsoka theme, I thought was amazing. What I, what I liked about Ahsoka. Uh, in Rosario Dawson's portrayal is that it's nice having the guy who created the character write and direct this because mm -hmm. it's little things like even at the end when they're having the, uh, you know, when, when he's taking baby Yoda back into the ship and you know, that they're communicating between Ahsoka and baby Yoda in that yeah. moment, 
her just giving the very respectful head nod down mm-hmm. to me is very Ahsoka. And it's like, it's just yeah. little things like that to me is what makes a character is like, yeah, yeah. like, because, you know, she was probably told like, hey, you need to do like this mm-hmm. kind of body language in order to capture the character. Yep. Agree. That and uh, just even the emotion that she had in her face when she's talking about why she won't take him on because like mm-hmm. all the pain of Anakin was there uh, in mm-hmm. even in yes. expressions. Um which I thought was again kudos. I know some people are kind of still griping about it, but I thought she did a really a really good job. It, a, an unenviable task, like her stepping into this role where tons of like tons of Ahsoka fans and, and yet she was and like Ezra, that. and yet she was fan cast for this. Like if you, the yeah. the Vanity Fair article like talks about like how it kind of began, how the mm-hmm. snowball kind of started as fans, mm-hmm. you know, uh, casting her for the role already, and then yeah. That that gave traction enough that somebody at Lucasfilm was like, "Oh, well, what about this person?" And Filoni's like, "Oh yeah, that, that would work, you know." And then like all of a sudden he's talking to Favreau and he's like, "I'm thinking about Rosario Dawson," you know. And she's like, "I know her." And then it's just like, "Ba boom!" Mm-hmm. All it all went went down. My um, favorite uh, social media post was from Kevin Smith afterwards, and because you know they work together on Clerks too. Right. And, That's uh, right. He he ended his whole blurb about her saying, "And remember, you never go Ahsoka to mouth." <laughs> I saw that. It was That's good. So, That's so funny. Um, by the way, there's some really really weird autocorrect. Like if you type in Ahsoka, like it flips the S and the H around. Yeah, it's annoying. Yeah, totally annoying. So not everybody on Twitter is a dumb dunderhead. They're just <laughs> autocorrected. <laughs> Um, one other thing that you might want to know is that the HK87 droids that we saw, um, she had two of them battled these these battle droids. Yeah, it was the old Republic droids. Yeah. They had they had a logo on their helmet. On the head. I did not notice this. I read that as you probably did too. I didn't notice it at all. I even went back to try to see if I could find it, and I still couldn't see it. <laughs> Well, somebody like like took a pause when it's like it's kind of at the side like this, and then they lightened the screen, but you can uh, see the symbol of the seventh fleet, which is Thrawn. Huh. Yeah. Thrawn. So the, those two droids were on loan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Hey, bring yeah. this village down. I'll give you these droids. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just saying, your deposit's probably shot now. Yeah. <laughs> how did the, how did that happen? So anyway, I just thought that was kind of a cool, a cool little connection there too. That, that also kind of underscores or like you know emphasizes like, oh yeah, she knows where Thrawn is. So that is her master. So, um, any any last thoughts before we we kind of round round close this out here? None. There's so much cool stuff that could happen. I just want to see it unfold. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the, the potential is open. I know some people were down on Floney for this episode. Some, you know, I'd seen some really? people. Like, Damn. Who said that? Man, screw those guys. Screw screw the the, the, the feats. It's like the people that hated last week's episode, and they thought it was lame because Carl Weathers just, like, messed things up. I hate Carl Weathers, and I thought he did a fantastic job. Okay. Oh, for Carl Weathers why, acting school. Why, why is Cara Dune like so happy to see the ship come da- down, but it looks like trash? Like she's like, yeah, like so good to see him again. friend. She. If she, I pulled up and my vehicle looked like that, you'd be happy to see me, but you'd be like, what happened to your car, man? Would it get hit by your neighbor's tree? <sighs> yeah, well, that did happen. She's yeah. like, oh, here goes Mando again, wrecking his ship. Oh, oh, you think it's just like a normal everyday? Yeah, exactly. Okay. 
Come on. It's part of the it's part of the fun. The the All razor right. crest gets beat the crap. I'm just saying it the razor crest, I would have been okay if the razor crest was limping into the battles for the last part of the season. But you know, whatever. I'm not crabbing on the whole Especially being towed by pod racers. I <laughs> I did want to point out every every week I've been uh you know, or every week we've been talking about the episodes, the IMDB rating for this episode. Uh, was at 9.6 last time I checked, which Jesus. is the highest ranked of all of the Mandalorian episodes so far. What did the, the episode before that you hated, the Siege? What did it get? 8.6, and I didn't completely hate it. There's things that I liked about it. Listen, if you're if you're right of Nick on the hating thing scale, you, you hate it. <laughs> so true. <laughs> Maybe I was just in a bad mood that day. Um, if you're if you're not in a bad mood and you enjoy this show, rate and review us on iTunes. We would really appreciate that. Give us an email uh, at theforceiswelldone at gmail.com. It's all spelled out. The force is well done at gmail.com. Address it to Chris because he named the show and that email, which is so awesome. Um, if you if you do what I do, <laughs> if you do like what we do, go over to jandjack.com. Uh, there's a patron link right there help support this show and everybody that uh, does their part for the people of the show. Uh, at this point, I'd like to thank the patrons that make this show possible. Special thanks. I work so hard on these names for the show. Great job. It's, it's, I hope I didn't. Uh, I hope, I hope these live up to the hype of this episode. So first, they won't. <laughs> oh, come on now. I think <laughs> these are these are pretty solid. Uh, so if, I know I know Matt brought it. Let's hear him. Let's hear Ma- him. Maggie the magistrator. Well, the yeah, I did have that, but uh, okay. <laughs> Ahsoka attack in Tokyo. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, all right. Escar Eckhart, Richter. Oh, yeah. Uh, Grand Edmiral. Sorry, <laughs> Thrawn. Yeah, I know Ed, the Ed one was the hardest. Yeah. Grand, Grand Admiral. It was either Admiral or Cal Edan. But no, that's that's, a, that's not work. okay. You uh, had me in the first half, man. Nick, you already guessed it, and my my daughter actually picked this. My daughter's name is Maggie, so she was like, "How about Magistrate Maggie?" Oh, that it works. So, uh, and uh, we have Jedi Joanne Tano. Okay, favorite. And how could I not? Like it's been so long. There's not enough G words in the entire Star Wars lexicon. So of course you know I'm gonna name him Grogu. Grogu. Greg. There you go. Grogu. 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 Nice Grogu, but are we calling him Greg Gru? Oh, oh, could be Grogu. I was going with Grogu Greg, but you like Grogu. Greg, you know, Matt, Greg like, sounds more like Ragu. Matt, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll stand in. I'll stand in for Jack on this one. I'll say, you know what? That that was definitely not your worst one yet. <laughs> well, this was a great show. It was one of the millions. Thanks for joining us, Jay, um, and Chris. Of course, it's always great to have you along. Well, so. to be honest, I was really looking like jumping on and hanging out with you guys, and then uh, Chris showed up, and I was like. Wow, too uh, soon. I don't. I don't think Mr. Prowse would have appreciated that one. Oh, oh R.I.P. Daniel Jones. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. Prowse is. You know, yeah, well, gone but not forgotten. So, uh, except by George Lucas. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's kind of forgotten before he was gone, but 
Nice guy. I met him in 2007. That's for another podcast. Uh, thanks for joining us this week. So, see you next week. See ya. See ya. Bye.